0: Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode 72 of the Hunger for the Hustle podcast, the podcast where we pull back what's often seen as the glamorous and sexy curtain of entrepreneurship. And I interview business owners and entrepreneurs from all around the world, talk about their journey, their struggles, their challenges, their successes. And my guest on the show today is no exception to that. Maddie Dong is a fitness and life coach who helps women master their physical, mental, emotional and spiritual fitness, the four keys, which I know we'll be talking about, so that they can attract relationships and lifestyles that they desire. Maddie is also a fellow podcast host with her podcast, The Mind, Muscle, Enlightenment. Maddie, Maggie, sorry, welcome to the show live from San Diego. How are you?
1: I'm good thank you for having me
0: it's my pleasure we were just talking about off camera before how everything shut down there and how of course Christmas has been a little bit of a different story this year and and i asked you you know what were you doing for new year and your reply was
1: (laughs) not much there's nothing open (laughs) except the beach
0: (laughs) the beach and um like we talked about the possibility that there could have been some sneaky gyms open not mentioning any names but um the 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 impact that that's really had for like people like me and you who like to go to the gym once maybe if not twice a day and how that's really like our our church you know you said to me that it's the place where you go you know if you've had a not so great day to exercise all that stuff and really kind of leave it there gets left there on the gym floor right
1: yeah, I mean, it's, it's a great place to just exercise your physical, mental and emotional health because you involve your entire body.
0: Yeah, it really is. And I think it's been, has had a, a huge impact on people this year, you know. And, and we, we mentioned, we talked before and we were like, isn't it crazy that they close the gyms they close all the swimming pools. They close all the tennis courts. They play, close all these places where people can do their hobbies and do their exercise and keep their physical and mental health well, but they leave the liquor stores open. And it's like, <laughs> how does that, how does that yeah. make any sense on the face of it? Um, it was the same here in, in, in Australia. Fortunately, a lot more things are back open here now. Um, I hope it's not long before it's, it's the same where you are as well. But it's just crazy that that's how it is, that, like, As humans, we've come to accept the fact that it's okay if we can't exercise and take care of ourselves, but it's fine if we can drink alcohol. Um, And it just seems like a bit of an upside-down balance to me.
1: Right. I mean, if we really want to take care of our health, we would go to the gym and we would eat healthy. We would go move our bodies and go outside and be in the sun. But Mm. I think most people, what they're doing is staying home and watching TV and, you know, drinking alcohol.
0: Mm. yeah exactly right just drowning the sorrows and i think that you know for people like me and you maggie we're still young people thank goodness and we can probably bounce back right from having a couple of months out from the gym a couple of three months out from the gym but you know if, if you're a little bit older and you find them as as metabolism does slow down when you get a little bit older gains are a bit harder to get and uh and you know fat becomes a little bit harder to shift so I think it would have had even perhaps more of an impact on on older people, you know, uh, people right. getting past 40 and 50. Uh, I think it would have had an even bigger impact on their, not just their physical, but their their mental health as well.
1: Absolutely. And, I mean, we we can get back into the gym and we'll probably put on the muscle back very quickly. But for other people, maybe they <laughs> they haven't been working out for us long or maybe they're a little bit older it is going to be a little bit more difficult.
0: Mm. And I don't know about you, Maggie, like the gyms kind of, they really started to close here, like April, really March. And they only really opened back up properly six weeks ago. And when I say properly, I mean like no masks or anything, all that stuff, because it's just kind of weird working out with a mask on. You feel like someone out of a, some kind of a Marvel movie or something. It's just weird. <laughs> I, I just couldn't. I never got into like working out at home. Um, I did a little bit of it, but just I just couldn't. For me, it's like it has to be Metallica in my ears and it's the place that I go to the gym and that's where I get it done. Like, how about you? Did you, you've been working out at home or?
1: I did a little bit at home. I got a pair of dumbbells and some resistance bands, but it's so different because when you go to the gym, that environment just gets you fired up and it gets you going. But when you're at home, it's like I'm, you know, eating in the same place where I'm working out. So it's, it's, it's just different. And I think we had our gyms closed in probably March or April too. And back then, I was in L.A., so in L.A., the restrictions were even more crazy. But then they started opening up, I think, in June, maybe early July for a while. But then you had to wear a mask. You had you had to wear gloves, too. So we were, like, wearing rubber gloves to the gym. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and they started shutting them down again until I moved to San Diego in August. And there are some gyms are open here and the restrictions are not as crazy
0: well that's that's good that there's a a couple open i bet they're pretty busy
1: uh you have to make reservations to work out for most of them Mm -hmm. so before you go like the day before they'll open up a certain amount of slots for for like a time period and then you have to make a reservation and if you don't make a reservation you can't work
0: out Mm. And if you miss your reservation, then you miss your workout as well, right? So, um yeah. for people like for people like me, who aren't always great at being on time, when it was like that here, taught me to be very much on time. <laughs> so there are oh, some, yeah. some little there are some little wins to come out of it, as there always is with everything. Yeah. So, so tell me about your journey, Maggie. Like, how did you get started? Was it was it a fitness coach first, and then a life coach, or like how did that all play out for you?
1: Yeah, I was a fitness coach when I first started my business and I expanded to life coaching because I realized that I didn't just want to focus on the physical part and honestly I was getting a little bit bored just talking about how to eat and and how to exercise because there's only so many ways that you can talk about that. So I decided to expand to the four areas of fitness, the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual because I realized If we miss any one of these areas, we would find ourselves living an unfulfilled life because there is something missing. So it's important to balance out these four areas of fitness. And how I got to this point was coming from my own journey because I realized in my own life, since I was dealing with depression, anxiety, and grief from from loss and I realized that if I didn't deal with these things and I only focus on the physical aspects of my health, I would still be in this very negative and dark place until I decided to deal with these things. So I think it's important to focus on the four areas.
0: Yeah, it is. And I think, you know, they're all, they're all connected. Like everyone knows about physical and mental health. Everyone's heard of emotional health, but um and fitness to that regard but spiritual fitness is is one that people would be like wow spiritual fitness they'd be like oh, i've heard of spirituality but like how would you say you improve your level of spiritual fitness
1: mm, i actually got that question earlier today too because people were just interested every time we talk about spiritual fitness they're like what is that so spiritual fitness to me i I, I see it as something that we practice every day because fitness is implying that you're constantly getting better it's not just a one-time thing that you do mm-hmm. so spiritual fitness is really listening to that inner voice so we all have our intuition that's also your 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 gut feeling you can call that so your intuition is always telling you something but most of the time we don't listen because we don't we don't even care to listen and we don't stop and, and sit still for long enough to listen because we're always trying to do something. And when you're caught up in being busy, you don't hear your intuition. So the the spiritual fitness is really, I think meditation helps a lot with that. That would be a very good place to start. If you know, you've never been able to tune into your intuition during, during your meditation, when you're able to quiet your mind, you can start hearing that inner voice. And that inner voice is guiding you somewhere and is telling you things that maybe you don't yet know with your mind.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think meditation is a great place to start on anyone's spiritual journey just to get that quiet time. I, I remember when I started doing it, and it was probably my, maybe four years ago, and I actually found it quite it was interesting I found it easy to start with and then as I got more and more into it I was like how is this getting more difficult how is it easy to start with and now it seems to be getting more difficult it was strange for me and I think that it kind of goes the other way for most people that um, they start out and it become and it's quite difficult to start with but then it gets more difficult as they go on Um, but I think it's Like, I'm not sure what you think about it, but it depends how your day has been, of course, right? You know, if you've had a really hectic day and you're stressed about something, something replaying over in your mind, it can be quite hard to get to that quiet place of of meditation and just let it all relax. Um, And for that point, I find it easier to do it first thing in the morning before you do anything else, before you look at your phone, before you you interact with anyone or anything that's kind of digital in any sense
1: yeah I do it first thing in the morning, mm-hmm. and sometimes during the day, if I feel like I just need to calm down because when when you find it most difficult to meditate, I think that's when it's the best time to meditate because that's exactly what you need because when you're stressed out, when you can't stay calm, when you bring yourself into meditation at that point, you kind of bring back that stillness and and you stop the anxiety. So, I mean, there are some days where it's more difficult than the others. Some days I can get into that meditative state very quickly. I just sit there, close my eyes, and I'm there. But there are other days where I'm trying so hard and my mind just will not stop. So it takes a little bit longer on those days.
0: And do you have, like, a particular method you follow? Is it always the same? Is it guided? or?
1: I personally don't do... Guided, I just like to be in my thoughts, but I do listen to music. I like meditation music. I think that kind of helps you calm down if you, you know, if your brain is running too fast.
0: Mm, yeah, I think you made a really interesting point there as well, which is this was quite the opposite to what I said. It was like, you know, when my day gets busy and everything gets hectic, I find it really hard then after that, at the end of the day to meditate. But what you said is that's the time when everything's hectic, you should take a minute to actually do it. And I think that's probably some great value in that because you've you've then overcome the challenge of the really noisy part of your mind. So thanks for that hot tip. I'm going to give that a try.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Let me know how that goes. It helps. Oh, well,
0: for, sure, for sure. And then how did the podcast come around? Was that as a result of After this stuff or like in the middle of it, you just thought I'll do this or?
1: Yeah, it was actually when I was still doing fitness coaching, I started the podcast and it was at first called mind muscle movement. So I was only focusing on the mind and the body and I was talking a lot about working out and nutrition and mindset behind all of that. But then as I expanded into life coaching and the four areas of fitness, I changed it to mind muscle enlightenment because I wanted to create this embodiment of mind, body, and soul because I, I needed the soul part of, of our existence of our life. And I thought it would be important to incorporate that into the podcast.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think it is. And I think, they're four great topics. Like, if you have to pick one out of the four, which one would you say needs the most amount of your time to keep, like, well, well balanced?
1: I think it depends on the person. But for me, mm-hmm. since I've been doing fitness, my physical fitness for so long, like, it just comes naturally to me. So that doesn't even require that much of my attention. And when it comes to mindset, that also comes, pretty naturally to me and emotional fitness was the one that came a little bit later so it was about processing my emotions because I didn't used to be able to process or control my emotions so that one came a little bit after the physical and the mental and then the spiritual I would say for me that one is what I dedicate most of my energy to because a spiritual fitness it's it's complex but also kind of simple at the same time i think it's just our minds make it so complicated when in reality it's not that complicated so it's about (laughs) diving deeper into the truths and really figuring out who we are so I, i dedicate a lot of my time to the spiritual aspect
0: yeah, and I think in a way, I would say from my opinion, like the spiritual is the one that needs the most amount of repetition. Of course, physical needs about a lot of repetition as well, particularly when you're first getting started into it. But the spiritual, even in the long-term, long-scale, long long-term, long, long long because so much happens to us in life, you know, um, it, it, it needs just as much work as it does right at the start as it does to – three, four months, three years in, it's, it's something that's constantly changing and evolving as you, as, as we all do change and evolve as people.
1: Absolutely. And the spiritual aspect is really about unlearning a lot of things. And it's not about adding on more things to what you already know, because the spiritual aspect is peeling back the conditionings. That we've been taught because growing up, you know, for example, why do some people have the issue of perfectionism is because they learned it over time that, oh, they have to be perfect in order to feel worthy in order to feel like they're, they're good enough. But the spiritual aspect of fitness is unlearning those things. So figuring out where did I learn this from? And now how do I let go of that? How do I peel back that layer? Because it's not true. You don't have to, you know, be perfect to feel worthy. So it's about unlearning the conditionings that we've been taught.
0: Yeah, unraveling it and unlearning it. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's a definitely an interesting point. What do you you know along like the journey of, of fitness and life coach and kind of marrying these four things together and. Uh, and, of course, podcasting, you've obviously got a lot going on there. Like, what was the – and I always ask this question, like, what has been some of your biggest challenges? Because I know that's a space when we when we make them challenges and when we overcome them, that's where we find a lot of growth.
1: Mm, I would say at the beginning of my business – I focused way too much on the strategies, because I was looking at what everyone else was doing. Oh, like, here's the best marketing strategy. How how do you make sales and all that stuff, not realizing that I can have all the strategies for business. But if I don't have the mindset behind that, to apply it and to make it work, then it doesn't work out. So it's the same thing with your fitness journey, like I can give somebody the best diet, best nutrition exercise plan in the world, but if they can't apply that with the mindset behind it, then it doesn't work. So my biggest challenge was, for a long time, I didn't know what was wrong in my business because I was doing all the strategies. People were telling me, this is how you you know, do marketing. This is how you do sales. And I was doing all of those things, but nothing was working, but it's because I I was the problem <laughs> behind all of that. It wasn't the strategies. It was I didn't have the mindset to apply that and, and to really put myself out there because I was dealing with imposter syndrome. I was dealing with perfectionism, you know, unworthiness and overgiving, even not being able to set boundaries for myself. So I was overworking myself. And it was... It was an interesting journey to, to look back on and realize that I was the one who was holding myself back the entire time.
0: hey you're back i don't know what happened it's all good
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> welcome back uh sorry about that folks these things do happen when you're doing live shows so let's go from that the challenges the the things that you had to overcome and, and you know it was often is yourself isn't it like some, sometimes I, I say that like everything you actually need we look all over the place for it And often it's right in front of us and that's Mm -hmm. the same for the issues and the problems and the challenges too sometimes you know we're blaming all these external things and these existential things when actually the problem is within us and we've got to figure out what it is and work through it but let's switch up from that like tell me about some big wins and some triumphs that you've had as a business owner and an entrepreneur in them kind of multiple aspects
1: Mm, and i think the big win that I can remember comes right after the challenge because, you know, when you're at your lowest point, you think that this is, this is, you know, not going to work. But when you come out of that, that, that moment when I realized that I was the one who was holding myself back the entire time. And I remembered this one day I went to the beach and I, I just broke down and cried because I, couldn't make anything work in my business, I was trying everything, and nothing was working out. And I came to the realization that maybe it's my mindset. So then I started, you know, working on my mindset, even just that day, I went back home and started journaling, figuring out why do I not feel worthy? Why do I feel like an imposter doing this and Mm -hmm. I kid you not the very next day I started just signing on clients like crazy so it was that mindset work and I just realized that it was me my mindset was holding me back the entire time and this whole time things were not working out but it was just something clicked that one day and everything just started taking off from there (laughs)
0: Yeah, it's mad, isn't it, once you realise, again, what the issue is, and something that you said there about writing it down, like, I, I think there's great power in journaling, and really in the physical, the mental, emotional, and spiritual, you know, keeping them all balanced and healthy, I think journaling has so much value for all of them things, just that, that energy, like, for me, of for anyone, I think of just like I've got a journal right here, so I'm going to use an example like the energy coming from your brain, down your arm in the pen and just flowing out into the paper. It just holds so much value, I think, for anyone.
1: Absolutely. It, it helps just, you know, process your thoughts, because when you just have everything going on in your head, you're not able to connect the dots. I find it is it's a lot easier when I write it down to then just realize, oh, this connects to, to something that i wrote the other day and then these pieces start coming together
0: yeah 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 and then, and then it's not long then i mean like for you there it was next day you wrote, i yeah. guess you, what you wrote down that night went to bed woke up next day boom clients are hitting you up it's just like it's, yeah it's, whatever. <laughs> it's so much so much to do with mindset and like what you predicate your mindset creates your beliefs then your beliefs cr- cause your actions and then your actions cause your results. It's like a chain, chain reaction of things.
1: Absolutely.
0: Now the word hustle, of course it features in the title of this podcast, the hunger for the hustle. I'd love to know like how you Maggie define the word hustle and what has driven your hunger for it, particularly at those low points, like you said, when things weren't working out for you. Hmm.
1: This, this word hustle. It's, I think it's very interesting because hustle, people think it's like being busy. And I, I don't believe hustling ha- necessarily means you have to be so busy all the time. Like the goal is not to be busy. The goal is to be productive. So it doesn't matter how many hours you're working. Because I mean, I've worked at the beginning of my business, like 15 hours a day, trying to make things work. But nothing was working because in the 15 hours that I was, you know, working, I didn't realize, first of all, my mindset was holding me back. But also, I think I just used it as a way to almost like clock, like clock, clock in and clock out. Like I would wake up and then start sitting in front of my computer and I don't even know what I'm sitting there for it's just (laughs) it's just I'm just there staring at the screen trying to add up the hours and just thinking oh I just worked 15 hours a day I am you know doing so much but I didn't actually get that much done so Mm -hmm. I think it's more about being productive than how many hours you're working or how busy you can be because the goal is not to be busy the goal is how much results can you get <laughs> so yeah. i think the word hustle to me it just means doing the things that will actually move forward in your business in your life instead of trying everything instead of just you know getting into hours actually putting in the work that you know is going to get your results
0: yeah yeah actually putting like making if you could say like making the hours count instead of counting the hours
1: Mm, i love that
0: that's an important thing right and i think that comes down to like having a bit of a plan a bit of a schedule whether it's like in a short form just a to-do list ten. Five, two, three, whatever items you you need to get done. Or if it's like, and I've tried this and it did not work for me, and some of my friends laughed at me. Having like, okay, I start at eight. So from eight till nine I do this, from nine till ten I do this, and then I have like half an hour break, and it just it was just just stupid and hectic and ridiculous. For me, it's like comes in that short form to-do list
1: yeah i i've tried that too where i would have my google calendar and i would just have every hour planned out throughout my day but it's way too rigid and i think that's why i mean that's not why i signed up to be an entrepreneur like i i'm running my own business so that i can have flexibility in my schedule not to you know make this rigid schedule that then i'm I'm pretty much like a prisoner of my own schedule. So I think having a little flexibility is
0: good. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's like you said, that's why that is why you become an entrepreneur, right? That's why you have your own business. So you can manage your own time. Your time is your own. You know, you're earning your own money. You're on your own schedule. Now at the start, I think that's what everyone thinks they're going to get. And actually at the start, that's exactly what you get the opposite of you. Mm-hmm. It's kind of hard to earn the money at first and when you're really having to put in those extra hours at the start when you're in building phase um you can certainly have a lot actually I found when I made the switch which was in September last year from working for someone else to do my own thing I had a lot less time at first until I kind of figured out how to run my days better so yeah I think that can be a trap that people can fall into that they think straight away like I'm gonna have all, all this much time, and and I'm going to be able to do what I want all the time. I mean, you can, but in the that's that's the goal, right? That's where we get to, of course. But at the start, it takes a little bit more effort and a little bit more um, just hard work. There's no substitute for it, really.
1: Right? Yeah, it does.
0: <laughs> if you had to start all over, I haven't asked this question for a while, actually. If you had to start, like, if you just imagine, sit with me for a second here, it's not going to happen, but imagine it did, that you just, everything you built up, you lost tomorrow, and you had to start again. Would you do anything differently? Would you do, do like, in in a different method or a different format?
1: I mean, now I know better. (laughs) So... I think it'd be a lot easier to build everything yeah. back up because at the beginning I was doing all the mindset work trying to figure it out and now I mean I know the steps that it takes to get there so I think I would just ditch all of the mistakes that I made at the beginning because I mean I I made so many mistakes at the beginning of my business and I was investing in the wrong things, wasted a lot of money investing in different things. So I wouldn't be doing that anymore. I would just take the path that I know is going to work and just block out all of the noise. Because I mean, everyone is telling you to do something different. So if you're taking all this information in, and you're trying everything out, you don't know at the beginning what's going to work and what's not going to work. But I mean, now I know. So I just wouldn't be doing all of that. So it would save me a lot of time and energy.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly right. And, and there's also, I think, you know, you build up your contacts when you first start out and hopefully they're always there. So if you do need to start and do it again, you know the right people in the right places to make it quicker and easier for you.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Mm. Now, we're kind of getting to the end of the show but there's certainly like a a couple more things i want to talk to you about before we get there and one of them is female and masculine energies and that's really all i can say about that because i don't really know much more about it
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah so the masculine and the feminine energies we have both of these energies within us So whether you're male, female, you have both the masculine and feminine energies within you. So this has nothing to do with gender. But most of the time, males have a more dominant masculine energy and and females have more dominant feminine energy it could be the other way around but we all have a dominant energy within us and i can say that i'm a more feminine person and you're probably more of a masculine person so all of these energies it it's interesting how this applies to business because the masculine energy is very structured it's direction it is You know, we make to-do lists and we execute. It's you have these different steps to reach your goals. That's more of the masculine energy, and the feminine energy is more creativity. It's flow, like creating, you know, different contents. You're writing different things, taking pictures. That that's more feminine. So you need both of these in your business. So you, you, you need both the structure, you need the steps to take to reach your desired outcome. But you also obviously need the creativity part. And that's the feminine energy. So it's coming to balance between the masculine and then feminine energies within yourself so that you can then bring that into your business.
0: Mm, interesting. And then how do you go about balancing them out?
1: Mm, Within yourself, I mean, this is a lot of inner work (laughs) that you have to do. But Mm. I think it starts by connecting with that that in yourself, right? Because for me, for a long time, I actually wasn't connected with my feminine energy, even though that is what I am. Because, you know, this society, this culture is on so much on the masculine energy, people are, you know, making to do lists It's all structured, there isn't a lot of that creativity and relax and, and and flow, we don't have as much of that as the masculine energy. So I was in that masculine energy, you know, taking charge and making decisions like leadership and all that. So I was very out of touch with my feminine energy. So it took me reconnecting back into myself to realize that I have a creative side and and that's actually what I'm better at. Like I am not as good <laughs> at structure and decision making. That's more of a masculine trait and It was coming back to who I really am. And I think that ties into the spiritual part of fitness because this is a very, like, it has to do with the energy. So it has to do with your soul because your soul has this, you know, dominant energy that is, is out into the world. So it's getting to know yourself so that you can bring that then into your business. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good point, getting to know yourself so then you can apply those both of those sides, you know, masculine and feminine. We all have them within us. I know it took me probably until, like, I would say my 30s to realise, like, what my feminine side was and to get in touch with it, And um, which I've always had. I mean, when I was brought up, it was predominantly all all females in the house, so I've always felt, like, super comfortable in that environment Uh, and no doubt... You know a bit of it rubbed off on me. So, but <laughs> it, uh, you know, when like you're growing up in your twenties and you're out with the boys, you know you don't want to be you don't wanna be like, showing off your feminine side. It's almost seen as a weakness, isn't it? It's weird. But then mm-hmm. as you come into your thirties and you become a little bit more mature and a little bit more like knowing of who you are and who you want to be, um, it's fine to to let those both those sides of you out. And I think that they are very good skills to apply to to your business because you know particularly for me i have a business where that my main kind of target audience is female is females is ladies you know so i have to dial in to them and think what are their needs and if i put myself in their shoes then how can i best serve them so yeah you've got to and i guess that's particularly you know in the world of fitness as well i don't know if you i know you train women as well but do you train guys as well
1: i don't coach men on their you know physical fitness i don't know how to do that but (laughs) i but i coach men on on you know life stuff
0: yeah well the same thing right you've got to dial into your masculine there to kind of in in some regard put yourself in their shoes a little bit but that's that's really using both of them because you've got to apply apply your femininity to femininity that's a tongue twister to get you know to (laughs) to their masculineness it's a really it's a really um it's a really interesting subject i think actually it's a really interesting thing to explore and another thing that i wanted to explore with you and i really have no idea about this one i I had an interesting um experience i've had various interesting experiences with my ego and discovering kind of what it is but i know that you know a little bit about the ego versus the higher self and i'd love to hear like some more of your Views and opinions on that
1: yeah so your ego is a part of you that is ran on fear so anytime you're saying oh what if this doesn't work out or i'm so scared to do that or what are people gonna say what if i failed that's your ego because it's coming from fear and your higher self is a part of you that that that's pretty much your intuition and your soul and that that's the part of you that's saying you you can do this and you deserve to make this work you deserve to have this business you deserve to make x amount of money so they both exist within all of us but most people are running on their ego so their ego that fear based story most people are running that you know as as kind of the driver of their life so anywhere they go they're saying oh i'm so scared that this is not going to work out or they're trying to start a business they're saying oh what are people going to say so they're mostly running on their ego so it's coming to balance with these things and dialing your ego back a little bit and letting your higher self your intuition start taking over so that you can start making decisions you know based on What you know that you can do you are capable of doing so it's your ego that's telling you these fear and false stories and trying to get you to buy into all of these things to hold you back but your higher self wants to move forward and your higher self wants you to start that business and wants you to succeed
0: yeah it's a bit of a battle going on there isn't it
1: yeah constantly (laughs) (laughs)
0: excuse me i heard an amagram, am, anagram i'm stumbling on my words today which isn't very good for a podcast host is it mm-hmm. i heard an anagram but it happens, you know the second episode of the day i heard an anagram recently that's fear which is false evidence appearing real and i was like yes mm-hmm. and i remember telling my i told my mate i was like have you heard this one he was like man how haven't you heard that one that one's not like been around forever and i was like well it's new to me um mm-hmm. and i think that Closely, like when you said there that your ego is kind of the fear side of your brain, like playing playing that out. I think those two time well, like ego, false evidence, appearing real. It's all that kind of, all that kind of similar stuff. Yeah, Maggie, I've got so much knowledge from you today. I've really enjoyed having you on the show. But before I let you go, I'd love for you to give. I usually say three hot tips, but I'm going to say four based on the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. Perhaps you could give the audience like a hot tip on each of those, how to kind of get a bit more balance in your life on those subjects.
1: Okay, so I would say let's start with the physical. So physical, getting better just you know means moving your body and finding this balance in your life (laughs) where where you're taking care of your health but don't take it too far like don't just focus on the physical i think where people kind of get off balance is you know they they think they have to stick to this extremely healthy diet and only eat rice chicken and broccoli but you don't have to do that (laughs) there there's a balance eat healthy to an extent (laughs) you can allow yourself to treat yourself once in a while if you really wanted to but don't get into that you know restriction mindset because i've been there when i was restricting and had my eating disorders it it showed me that when you take that to an extreme your health is damaged and i mean it took such a toll on my life and my body that I, I just would never wish that on anyone. So don't restrict yourself. Don't go exercise like crazy. You don't have to do that to get results. And the mental aspect, I would say discipline is a really big thing when it comes to your mental fitness. And it starts with the small things in your life. So for example, The way that I practice discipline in the smallest way is I wake up at 5.30 every day. And by choosing to do that every morning, I'm practicing my mental discipline so that throughout the day, when it comes to the bigger decisions, I'm able to have discipline. Because if you can't even do the small things, then you can't do the big things. How you do one thing is how you do everything. So practice more discipline. So for the mental fitness, and the emotional fitness, I would say really just let yourself feel your feelings because as a society, we like to repress our emotions. We think it's not okay to cry. We think it's, you know, not okay to be angry. But you have a right to feel whatever it is that you feel. And if you don't feel your emotions, if you just keep on repressing them, one day you you will get triggered by the smallest thing and you start just lashing out on other people for no reason because you've repressed so much emotion. So just allow yourself to feel because you have to feel it if you want it to go away because if you keep on repressing it, it's never going to go away and it's just going to be stuck in your body. Mm. And when it comes to the spiritual fitness... I think meditation is, is a good place to start. And meditation, people don't like to meditate when I tell them to meditate because they think, oh, I could be, you know, doing something more productive in those 20 minutes. So why would I just sit there for 20 minutes when I could be doing something else? But meditation is not about just sitting there for 20 minutes and, and, you know, feeling anxious about not doing anything. The whole point of it is so that you can slow down and take the time to calm your mind to calm your anxiety. So you actually become more productive throughout your day, if you just take 10, 20 minutes in the morning, or, or whenever you want to do it to calm yourself down. Because when you go into your day with that anxious state, you're not very productive. You're not creative. You're not making good decisions. So if you can just calm yourself down before you carry on with your day, I think it makes a big difference.
0: Yeah. yeah it's funny what you said there. Like when you, you know, you're you working with your customers, your clients, and you say to them, hey, look, we, we should do some meditation. And the people bounce push back against it because they're like 20 minutes, sitting there doing nothing. I could be doing something (laughs) that the value in it, like in in doing it in the micro, to then get that value in the macro of like, no, you're going to do that and slow down now, so you're more so your decision making is better, so you've got more energy later, so you can handle things when they come up, which they will. That's called life. So, so much value in it, so much value in that. Like anyone who's watching, just. Like I would say, start with meditation. Perhaps start small, maybe just five minutes, even a minute, and then just, you know, as you get more comfortable, do more of it. But the um, man, I just can't express enough how much value meditation's given me over the years. It's just such a, um, and also just becoming peaceful with yourself, just with mm-hmm. you, and not needing anyone else around you, any external, any outside noises. Um, Yeah, it's lots and lots of value in it.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, our our minds are so busy all the time that we're, Mm. you know, not at peace with ourselves. But it's through that quiet time. It's through being alone. That's when you find the peace.
0: Yeah, for sure. Maggie, it's been so good to have you on the show. Thanks for coming along and giving me your time. If people want to reach out and get in touch with you, perhaps, you know, learn about those four things that we've talked about, the physical, the mental, emotional, spiritual side of fitness and and, and life coaching. Where's the best place for them to get in touch with you?
1: I am mostly on Instagram. That's where I, I, I'm most active. So it's at Maggie Dong underscore. So that's M-A-G-G-I-E-D-O-N-G underscore. And I also have a podcast called mind muscle enlightenment It's on all platforms. You can go listen. We talk about the four areas of fitness and your mind, body, soul. And if you want to work with me, I have a link in my Instagram bio that will take you to all of the things that I offer.
0: Awesome. And just like magic, all those links have appeared in the comments there. So if you guys are watching this on the video format, you can find the links there. If not, then you'll be getting this on Spotify and you'll be able to hear where to catch Maggie Maddie, sorry, Maggie. there. Thanks so much, Maggie, and Happy New Year to you. Enjoy that quiet bit of time over the new year. I know it's not going to be the typical new year, but I'm sure you can still find some enjoyment in it.
1: Absolutely. Happy New Year to you too.
0: Thanks so much. Take care. See you, folks.